Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 107 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve, and joining me today from Sunnyside, Los Angeles, California, is Austin. Hey, Austin. Whoa, Whoa. Steve. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? It's it's been a I'm doing well I'm doing well it's been a long time since I've uh, I've spoken to you I feel like you and I have an interesting uh, friendship because I only knew you for like three months I met you like one summer I mean I still know you but I like I I met you one summer and we hung out all summer because of our summer jobs and then mm-hmm. you went to college for your senior year and then we had like lunch in a place in your hometown. And then that was the last time I saw you. So that was almost like that was like two and a half years ago. We keep in touch. We do keep in touch, though, which which I which I like. But this is the first time I've actually really heard your voice, which is uh, which is very nice. I'm so glad that you are you're here. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be back to kick your butt again. Yeah. So you were on an episode. Uh, I forget what number it was off the top of my head. You did your research. Did you find out what number it was? If not, it's OK. 37. 37. And it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was the Wolf Pack from The Hangover versus the Anchorman team uh, carrying the yes. ring to Mordor. Yes. That's a good, that was a really, really good one. I, en- I enjoyed that. And I do remember that you kicked my butt. So I am fully anticipating that happening again today. Okay. So episode 37 was Mulan versus Merida. Oh. And. So it wasn't thirty seven, was it? No, it was just it was just a uh wow, I wasn't it doesn't even look like I'm close. I can't find it, but uh It's probably in the forties, I would guess. God, it's not even in the forties. it's episode fifty two. Oh, episode fifty two. All right. So I mean, you know, rounding up, you know, rounding down. It, it's it's right there. Episode fifty two. It's a good thing you're not a math teacher. No, no, that that is correct. Also if I uh if I knew the right number, I think I could have uh, I could have nailed it, but so, um, Austin, just, I guess, a little bit about you, because um, last time, like I said, you were on the show, you were going into your senior year of college, and that's when you were living in New Jersey, going to school in Ohio, and now you uh, are living in Los Angeles, and uh, mm-hmm. one thing I really respect is you are pursuing your dream, which I think is fantastic, and you're pursuing your dream of working in the film industry. Oh, yeah. Um, I have been locked up in my apartment for the past, like, three months uh but you know that's part of the fun of living in los angeles uh having no air conditioner and living in a hundred degree apartment (laughs) that's just kind of comes with the territory i suppose yeah but things are starting to wind back up uh i just got offered a position on a music video coming up so things should be um starting to get back to some kind of normal that's great 
congratulations on that. Um, now, I think I was reading an article that said that uh, film and TV can resume in like June 12th or something along those lines, which is coming up soon, the time of this airing. I'm not sure if that's correct or is it kind of case-by-case basis? Um, I think I saw something about that. There are different guidelines on on-set safety. Um, there's one that's being like widely adopted that um, the the Actors Guild has like put out. Um, which I'm reading up on, but uh, there have been some cases of non-guild members already going into production, um, but, like, most people are probably going to, like, slowly start to get back. Well, that's good that things are starting to look up, especially just, like you said, being stuck in your apartment, no air conditioning, over 100 <laughs> degrees, and it's just it's just boring. I'm, I'm, nobody wants to be doing this, so that's that's good to hear. Do you know when your music video production starts up? Uh, should be sometime soon. Okay. Now, uh, what other projects have you worked on before uh, this quarantine happened? Um, over the time that I've been here, I've been on music videos, short films, feature films, um, commercials. Nothing like really big or anything. Just like a lot of student stuff, independent stuff. Um, and then like a lot of music videos that haven't been released yet from um like some well-known artists like who um i can't say oh oh boy that's the fun of that's the fun of like an nda oh i see what you're saying all right well once you can say mm-hmm. or it's released let us know and we'll make sure that information's put out there and we can say that's yeah. uh, where your stuff was that's great fun fact on those music videos they give you like stickers to put over your phone uh-huh. <clears throat> so you can't take any photos yeah and I'm usually the guy who has to hand those out and make sure no one starts snapping photos of the famous artists or, or whomever. Who so um, that's always fun. Who uh, who watches you? Who watches the Watchmen? Um, they they make me watch myself. Oh, that's good. So I'm assuming you're you're very trustworthy and you're not snapping I, any pictures. You know what? I did have to fire myself one time. Aww. It was a it was a strange conflict of interest. So. <laughs> You put like the stickers over your eyes. I just can't do it. Can't do it anymore. Yeah, I kept bumping into people, and there was a pool nearby, and it's painful to remember. <laughs> well, like I said, uh, it's awesome that you're here, and um, it's so cool that you're really uh, pursuing that dream. I think that's really cool, especially just because you know it, it, can, it can be very, very difficult, and I respect that you are moving forward and you're like, I don't care what the odds are. I don't care how difficult it can be. It's my dream. It's something I want to do and I'm going to, I'm going to pursue it. So I think that's awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. So awesome. Before we get in today's episode, I want to talk, uh, I got some poll results that I have not talked about in previous episodes, which I really should have done. Uh, a couple weeks back, uh, episode 104, we did a potluck episode and we had a whole range of topics. Uh, a couple of them I'll go through pretty quickly. We had Dr. Eggman. Oh, no, excuse me. We had a radioactive Sasquatch versus Darth Vader with T-Rex arms in a bake-off. And the radioactive Sasquatch won that 70% to 30%. We had a 1,000-year-old T-1000 go against the dude uh, with Pope legs uh, in a triathlon. And T-1000 won that one 79 to 22%. We also had Katniss with the Cone of Shame uh, going against Gandhi in a walk-off, and that was 56 to 44% to Katniss. And uh, we also had Robin Hood with no arms going against uh, George W. Bush with three-foot fingernails fighting a Terminator, 
and Robin Hood with no arms won that 56 to 44 percent also. Um, and then we also had some uh, community-themed episodes, which uh, is becoming popular again, thank goodness, and hopefully more people are watching it, where we had uh, who would have the most Greendale pride against the human being in Leonard, and the human being won that 100% to 0%. Uh, we also had who would win paintball versus Leonard uh, and Todd, and Leonard won that vote 67% to 33%. We had who would be who would be most likely to become a corpo humanoid versus Professor Garrity and Rich Stevenson, and Professor Garrity took that sixty percent to forty percent. We had who would win five meow meow beans, uh, which was between Magnitude and Leonard. Magnitude won that sixty-seven to thirty-three percent. We also had who was most likely to graduate, which was Rich Stevenson versus Todd Jacobson, and Rich won that sixty-seven percent to thirty-three percent. And then last but not least, we had another community themed episode which was the prime timeline study group versus the darkest timeline study group and the prime timeline study group won 88 percent to 12 percent whoo a lot of a lot of numbers there i need to make sure i do a better job of uh talking about polls in the next episode that way i don't have to jumble them all together so uh thank you for those of you who have participated in those polls for those of you who did not or don't know how to vote you can vote uh, on twitter where there's a poll every week for new episodes and if you haven't listened to those episodes uh go back and check them out if you would like to uh, one more thing I'm going to get into is we received a uh, email from a fan of the show named Elijah, and uh, Elijah uh, was asking if we could give a shout out. Um, Elijah's uh, brother named Miles just had surgery, and uh, just wanted to wish him uh, best of luck. Hope you get better soon. Uh, hopefully, uh, you can get better soon and maybe go outside in your area just so that way you're not cooped up uh, in home more than you've had to do so already. So thank you so much, uh, Elijah, for reaching out. And, Miles, I hope you uh, you get well soon and um, really appreciate your support of our show. Um, so, Austin, you ready to, to get into to today's episode? Yeah, let's dive in. All right, awesome. So, as always, please remember, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You could also send us an email at whowouldwincast at gmail.com, and consider checking out our website, www.whowouldwincast.com, where you could keep up with uh, new episodes coming out. Uh, you could also message us directly on there, and you can uh, learn a little bit about the host of the show and see every episode on there. Uh, you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating on iTunes so it helps us spread the word about our show. And you'll get a shout out on the show. And by doing that, we both win. It really helps uh, us out also. Austin, what are we talking about today? Keanu Reeves. We are talking about Keanu Reeves, baby. Would you say the keanu sans is still a thing or was that a t 2019 summer thing? I think it's slowed down a little bit, but, like, I've always been a fan of Keanu. So I I was not always a fan of Keanu Reeves. Uh, I feel like I just saw him in not great films, but I think I'm learning to appreciate uh, him more. And uh, of this recording, the new Bill & Ted uh, trailer dropped yesterday, but I haven't had mm -hmm. a chance to watch that. I know that's uh, that's really popular with some people. I haven't seen it either. Uh, so, uh, so we're going to do, uh, a fun and very different episode. And I'm really looking forward to this because this has required uh, a substantial amount of research, but I'm actually thankful because I got to actually watch a pretty enjoyable movie, uh, because of you, uh, 
suggesting what we have to, what we're going to go through today. So we're going to do uh, an episode or a season, I guess, a season of The Bachelorette, and all of the contestants on the show are Keanu Reeves characters. And uh, Austin, you and I created a whole list of different people who could have been The Bachelorette, and we put that into a randomizer, mm-hmm. and we came out with Charlotte Field. Want to give a little info on who our Bachelorette is? So Charlotte Field is from the movie Long Shot that came out not not super recently, but like a year or two ago, I think it was. Um, in the movie, she starts out as Secretary of State to a president played by a man who just wants to be on TV. He's like a reverse Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think she meets up with like Seth Rogen, who's a down on his luck, um, idealistic. Journalist, yeah journalist yeah and so over the course of the movie she falls in love with seth rogan there are setbacks there's goofs there's jokes and um eventually they get together she becomes president of the united states of america and he becomes the first man yeah i was surprised they didn't go with first gentleman he he calls himself the first man yeah. And then um so our story is that after her presidency she got divorced and now she's bored and looking for something to do. I could completely see her character actually doing this. Just because her character uh just seems like she always needs to be doing something, like you said. And she kind of wants to stay relevant to what's going on. And I think um that she would definitely find it enjoyable to get on a show like this and to the point where she needs to meet somebody and it's like, all right, well, let's see, let's see what we can do. I, I would, like I mentioned earlier, I'm really glad that this is the, the character that got picked because I never saw this movie. And at first I thought it was on Netflix. So I sat down one mm-hmm. night, it was like nine 30 and I typed in the long shot and this like documentary it was the first thing that popped up on Netflix. And I was like, I don't, I don't think this is it. So then I looked on Redbox, and they didn't have it on DVD, but our local ShopRite had it on Blu-ray. So at that point, it was like, I don't know, almost 10, because I was searching everywhere. I'm like, where can I find it? Where can I find it? So I jumped in my car, 10 o'clock. I, I brought my wife with me, got it, watched it, and like I said, I thought it was really, really good. And I thought their their chemistry was also really good, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, who plays the character of Charlotte Field. Yeah, there's a lot of people who like consider it one of the new like great rom-coms of its day. You definitely have to suspend your disbelief a little bit, which I mean you have to do for all films, but especially I feel like when you get into government with like Secretary of State and just some Joe Schmo just coming along for the ride, you know, probably really wouldn't happen today. But um yeah, their chemistry cuz my first when I thought Charlie's they're on Seth Rogen, yeah, what kind of, you know, chemistry are they going to have on screen? But they completely sold me and I, I was infatuated by it. I thought they were really, really good in it. She's a good choice. I think you and I, we started out with 20 different um, eligible bachelorettes, anyone from like Andy from The Devil Wears Prada to Bella Swan to to just some people who like are on the fringe of movie stardom all the way to Michelle Obama from Southside with you. <laughs> yeah. So we had a lot of choices. We really did have, and, and there was a wide range of different personalities and backgrounds and 
And I think I think hers is definitely Charlotte Field, uh, Charlize Theron is definitely going to be an interesting choice as the Bachelorette coming from a rom com. So so she's going to be our Bachelorette, and we are going to go through the normal, uh, I guess you would say, uh, events that happen in a Bachelorette season, where you have the characters walk in, you have a group date, you have a two on one date, and then you also have the hometown date. And like I mentioned, we're going to be picking Keanu Reeves characters as the contestants so we're only going to pick one for me one for you but just imagine that the whole room is filled with other keanu reeves characters also so um do you want to go first with who you're picking and then i'll go with mine sure uh i have keanu reeves as jonathan harker from bram stoker's dracula yeah now this Uh. this was an older one that i did not know existed i'll be honest with you uh so i had to do a little bit of research for this one and i I think that's an interesting choice and also an interesting uh character that he had to play yeah, so I'll give like a background and a story on my character because sure. we also have to sort of change up the timeline in order for him to appear on this show. Right, uh, right. For, for instance, he's not a time. We're, we're going to say he's not a time traveler. Okay. He just um, has somehow wound up on the Bachelorette. That's fine. That um, works. So Jonathan Harker, he is a devoted, loving fiance and then husband. What went wrong? Well, like, in the movie, his wife is seduced by Dracula, and in the end of the movie, she kills him. Spoiler alert. So I think... It's an old movie. (laughs) No, I know. It's, like, from, like, 92, I think. So I think here we'll just say that she, like, fell so much in love with Dracula that she ended up leaving Jonathan Harker, and now he's heartbroken. Yep, I think that's fair. So we're going to start off with his, uh, his entrance... And I, I think that, like, in the movie, you see him travel to Dracula in a bunch of different ways. <clears throat> so, he would first, like, there, Charlotte is standing in the courtyard. And all of a sudden, she hears a choo-choo. What's that in the distance? A plume of smoke. Oh, boy. And all of a sudden, a train passes by. It starts to slow. And she's like, oh. He's going to get out. But no, the train keeps going. What? And Yeah, exactly. And then from the other way comes a horse-drawn carriage. Oh, okay. And out steps Jonathan Harker, a, uh, a wealthy solicitor, a, uh, a gentleman at all times. He's uh, well-kept, dressed nicely in a suit, hair combed, a uh, very proper gentleman. He walks over to her. He gets down on one knee and asks if he can kiss her hand. He takes her hand in his and gives it a little smooch and says hello and goes inside. I think that's very polite of him to ask for permission. And now, now what's, what's the purpose of the train? Just distraction? I think it's just, you know, he's, he's a man who's not like super showy, but he feels things very deeply. Okay. So I think he just wanted to sort of impress her with his his mastery over the the modes of transportation of his time. <laughs> That's not very far off from the actual Bachelorette or Bachelor. Uh, longtime listeners will know that my wife and I, we love watching The Bachelorette, not because it's great in educational television, just because it's uh, a great way to escape uh, for a while and see other people put themselves through the ringer. But, um, I mean, over the years, like, we've learned 
people when they introduce themselves they will go through lengths to do that and that sounds like something that somebody may have already done maybe not a train but a horse-drawn carriage uh, of mm -hmm. some sort so i definitely th and, and you want to be memorable too and i think that would definitely be memorable if a guy had a train but then the train leaves and then he comes in the other direction on a horse-drawn carriage it's a bit of a fake out. You yes, know? it is. Now, would he be dressed in his traditional Jonathan Harker attire from the film? Like, like the not not necessarily like he's gonna be from that time period, but would he be wearing like the suit and like the old timey tie? Oh, definitely. And um, he does have like the gray hair, like okay. that he gets after escaping Dracula's castle. Okay. But I think that's okay because at this time, like, I think Charlotte Field would be in her fifties. Because she probably was a two-term president. Yeah, probably. So she's like somewhere around her 50s. And you know what? I don't think she would be upset to be dating like an older gentleman. Right. No, I agree. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I and he agree. also has an accent, which I believe in The Bachelor, like one woman pretended to have an Australian accent. Yeah, that does sound familiar. Like she, yeah. she didn't have any accent, and she she just pretended to like yes, have an yes. Australian accent to make her stand out more. There's, there's so many different uh, gimmicks that these people will do when they go on this show to try to stand out. I remember once there was a girl who dressed up as a she dressed up as a shark, but she kept insisting that she was a dolphin. But she had like a dorsal fin, and they were like, "No, you're you're dressed as a shark." And she goes, "No, I'm a dolphin." And for the entire night, she was dressed up as a dolphin. So just just like that, I mean. You know, whatever makes you stand out, your 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 gray hair or however you dress, the way you act, I think it'll definitely definitely help. And what about you, Steve? Who's your character? So I'm gonna have to uh, go with a uh, a recent character of Keanu Reeves, and I'm gonna have to change it up a little bit, also kind of like how you had to bring Jonathan Harker to present day. I'm gonna go with uh, Duke Kaboom or Duke Kaboom uh, from 2019's Toy Story 4. Uh, voiced by Keanu Reeves, and I'm going to uh, make the creative choice that Duke Kaboom the Toy is actually based on a real Duke Kaboom uh, from inside the Toy Story universe, uh, kind of like an Evil Knievel character uh, who is mm. like Canada's greatest uh, stuntman, jumpman, however you may call it. And uh, so, so the real-life Duke Kaboom that inspired the toy is going to be uh, on this season of The Bachelorette with um with charlotte so what i would say duke kaboom's entrance uh would be basically exactly what you'd expect he would use his motorcycle and he's he's known uh for uh doing death-defying jumps uh in the in the film as a toy he makes a huge jump at the end of the movie across a uh a ferris wheel and uh the real duke kaboom is known you know for jumping canyons or whatever so I would argue that Duke Kaboom would do a jump over top of the Bachelorette, Bachelor Mansion, where the first couple episodes are. And uh, they would he would make it so that when she looked up to see him, his silhouette would be uh, with the moon. And she could just see that and she'd be like, wow. Like, who, it has a little mystery to it. Who is this guy? What's, what, what is this guy all about? But she sees that he's very um, – he's very – you know, uh, exciting. And he's also not afraid to do anything new uh, or not even do anything new, but he's not afraid to take risks. And he would keep the motorcycle running when he lands, keep it loud. So that way she can still hear. All right. He's okay. Oh, I can hear it getting closer. Oh, he's coming. He's coming in. They would open the door and then he would, he would come in, he would get off the motorcycle. He would take off his, his helmet 
and he would say, you know, Dookaboom, Canada's greatest stuntman. However, however Keanu Reeves uh, voiced it. And, you know, I don't know if he would necessarily uh, kiss her hand or anything like that. He may give her uh, maybe just a hug to start off with. But um, that basically would be his introduction. And you kind of get a lot of the character right there. He's he's risk-taking. He's thrill-seeking. Um, he's also affectionate. And uh, he would he would go into the, the mansion and he would see uh, Mr. Jonathan Harker. And then he would probably also see John Wick and uh, Neo and Ted and Johnny Utah and all of these other characters that Keanu Reeves have portrayed over the years inside the mansion. Mm-hmm. So here's my question, Steve. Do you think he would actually make it? Because in Toy Story 4, Duke Kaboom misses his first jump. Correct. He does miss his first jump. But in the end of the movie, he does make his jump. So he's got like a 50-50 shot, it sounds like. <laughs> based based on Toy Story 4 as a film, correct. And based on a... I mean, I, I'm going to have to... It's going to be tough because am I arguing the toy can do it or am I arguing that the person can do it? So, yes, the, the, the toy has a 50-50 shot. But what he really needs and the reason he was able to do the second jump is he just needs that pure confidence to know that he can do it. And... Uh, he may have to really talk himself and really ground himself and say, listen, like, this is what I have to do. I can do it. I know that I can do it because I've done it before. Cause he mm-hmm. has like a lot of negative thoughts because of his, his experience with like the toy has the experience with the kid, Rajan, Rajan. right. Rajan who, who cast them aside because the toy couldn't do what he was able to do. But later on he is able to do, what he thinks and he knows that he can do. So I would argue that he has gone through experiences where he knows that if he gets too much in his head, that he won't accomplish it. And he'll, mm-hmm. he'll say to himself, you know, this isn't the time and place for that. I, I know I can, this, this woman is beautiful. I want to marry her and I want to impress her the best that I can. So if he keeps himself in that mindset, I think he'd be able to make that jump. Yeah, that's you brought up basically my main arguments against Duke Kaboom, which is like his troubled past with Rajan, his right. confidence issues, and like how like conceited he can be sometimes. He can he can be, which which fits very well for the Bachelorette. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, here's our my question to you: Who do you think would win the uh, first impression rose between our two characters? Between any character, we have 15 Keanu Reeves characters here. Does one stand out to you? I, I, would, I would say this might be like kind of like a cop-out answer, but Keanu Reeves from Always Be My Maybe, when he's mm-hmm. introduced in that movie, like that's one of the things I remember about when I, see, when I think about that movie is Keanu Reeves' character introduction, and that leaves mm-hmm. an impression on me. So I, I think that Keanu Reeves, the character... Um, from Always Be My Maybe would definitely leave uh, a lasting impression. I think he would get to the final four. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think he would become like a little grating. I think like also Neo from The Matrix would be a little annoying. Yeah, because he would he would just be constantly being like, we got to get out. We got to get out of The Matrix. You know? <laughs> and she's like, what are you talking about? Like she wouldn't, nobody would know what he, what he was talking about. They would, they would all be really concerned and confused. He's just constantly trying to make her take a pill that she doesn't know anything about. See, that's, that's what he would do when he walked up to her. Neo would be like, take the red blue pill or the blue pill. And she'd be like, what are you talking about? He would probably just like walk away to a payphone if there was one. 
I think I think um like uh Jack uh Travern from Speed, like he would probably come in on a bus but it wouldn't stop and then he just wouldn't be on the show. Like he would he would just drive through and she'd be like, Where is he? And they're like, Oh, he can't stop. He can't get off and he would just be on that the entire season. He wouldn't even be on the show. And who do you think would be there's always like a villain every season. Oh, that's who do you right. think that's right. be? Uh I think Duke Kaboom would be the villain. You think so? Now, I think there's like big villains who are just awful and everyone thinks they're awful. And yeah. for whatever reason, the Bachelorette never gets rid of them. And then there's like low key villains who are just like kind of annoying and grating. And I think Duke Kaboom would like be the low key villain because like he's a little conceited. He thinks he's better than everyone else. And I think like everyone else would keep saying that he's there for the wrong reasons <laughs> and that he's just trying to further his like stunt career. <laughs> that d- definitely tracks with the bachelorette. Absolutely. That there's a character there who is trying, there was actually a character uh, on the bachelorette and I, I don't remember what his name was, but he had like some brand, which was called Waboom, And he, the entire show, all he said was "waboom, waboom," and he would say it like really loud. Eventually, she got rid of him. But um, right, I mean, I, I I can see your point for that, but I think this would be Duke Kaboom's point to get that love that he lost when um, he was younger, because you know he lost Rajon or whatever. We we could say that somehow the human Duke Kaboom had a loss, just like how toy Duke Kaboom had a loss. And this would be his way of trying to make up for that in life. Uh, so that mm-hmm. way he could, you know, move on. But I think that, I don't know, Johnny Utah maybe as a villain. I can see that. Yeah. I think like our final four, we'll skip to the final four. We're going to I go think right our final four, it has to be you and me. Yes, absolutely. Jonathan Harker and Duke Kaboom. Yeah. And then probably like, uh, Keanu Reeves as portrayed by Keanu Reeves. Okay. And maybe Alex Weiler from The Lake House. So that I've never seen. It's just like a very standard romance film where Keanu Reeves plays like a nice guy. That's like about, it's not very exciting. It's pretty down to earth, but he's a nice guy. And and the nice guys will, will track through because they're not the ones causing drama or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, causing any headaches for the bachelorette. But we do know that Charlotte Charlotte Field has a bit of a wild side to her. She does have a very wild side. Yeah, she like took LSD and then had to defuse some sort of international situation. Where like they had like a, a pilot was shot down or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, so let's let's move into uh, the group the the group date. So we will say that they had their. Uh, you know, their, their introductions and they've gotten into the house. They've gotten to know each other a little bit. So uh, let's get into the group date. So we have a whole bunch of locations that you put into a randomizer and we're mm-hmm. going to say this is where they would be. And then we also have a list of dates that you also put into a randomizer. And we're going to say this is what they're going to do. And we're going to have to argue, excuse me, why our characters would be able to do that date at that location and impress uh, Charlotte Field in the best way possible. So what are we looking at? Okay. Of our 19 locations, we are in Spain. All right. I like it. And are we going to do a group date first or a one-on-one? Uh, let's do... Um, that's a good question. Let's do a group date first. Okay. Our first group date is horseback riding. Oh, perfect. 
So I'll I'll start off with with Duke Kaboom. Uh, I mean, being uh, a, a motorcycle rider, uh, I'm not saying just because you can ride a motorcycle you can ride a horse, but I'm sure that there are some physical attributes that go into uh, both. That I think since he's so good at riding horses, he would be able to carry that over to riding motorcycles. And uh, one of his shticks is he's able to kind of do like all these crazy flips and tricks while he's on his motorcycle. So I think that uh, he would do that a little bit to kind of impress her uh, to show off like how how great he is. And since this is a group date, uh, you're definitely going to want to stand out in a way that the other characters are not going to be able to. So if any of the other characters have, you know, a really hard time or they are, you know, expressing their discomfort or their um, frustration with trying to ride a horse then that could be a put off to uh to charlotte but i think i think this is kind of duke kaboom's bread and butter i gotta admit i think i think he got this one i think like the best parts of duke kaboom would shine here but he might be like a little too showy you know i feel like duke kaboom's the kind of guy who would like always cut in on other people's conversations, even if he didn't mean to, <laughs> he'd be like, Charlotte, Charlotte, look at me. <laughs> well, he's doing look, I'm riding a horse riding... with no hands. She's like, Whoa, I, I, I see that. That's cool. That's cool. At some point, the horse is riding him. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Charlotte, check this out. I've made it so that the horse can ride me. <laughs> that, um, I, I, I don't think, think this would shine. Say that again. You don't think he would shine? I don't think this would be like Jonathan Harker's moment to shine. He's just like a very like in a group setting. I don't think like he would stand out. Yeah, it would be especially like it, like kind of how you mentioned. He's kind of um, you know he's the just the kind of the personality that he has. It's not really like super outgoing. It's very reserved, a little quiet. Um, where Duke Kaboom is a little more like you said, like hey, check me out. Look what I'm doing. Watch me. But I also don't think that Kaboom would get to Jonathan because there is a scene in Dracula where, like, Dracula swings a sword at him and he barely reacts. <laughs> so, yeah, so if he, has a, if he doesn't react to a sword coming at him, uh, uh, a Canadian stuntman on a horse, you know, uh, trying to push his buttons probably won't react either. Yeah, I think some of the other Keanu Reeves characters would start to get, like, upset and, like, frazzled. And every time he cut in, they would start to get annoyed. But Jonathan wouldn't let it show. Which is which is good, because if he let it show, then that's something that Charlotte would definitely uh, note. I mean, being Secretary of State, you know, you're going to have to read. And then obviously, you know, President, uh, you're going to have to be able to read people. And, you know, she would be able to read John uh, Jonathan like a book if he was... Uh, letting Duke Kaboom get to him. So I imagine that, like, as the horseback riding comes to to a slow, they arrive at, like, a table, a bunch of chairs. There's, like, Spanish tapas there. There's there's olives. There's wine. Do you think Duke Kaboom is, like, an adventurous eater? Or do you think he eats, like, a little child? And he's like, where are the chicken fingers? I don't know. I don't think he eats like a child at all. I think he's extremely adventurous when it comes to food, just because that kind of fits his personality. Because he's always he's always up for whatever. He's like, all right, let's do it. Do you think he can handle his alcohol then? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's a. I don't know if Duke Kaboom has ever had 
wine before. Right. That, that, that's. I mean, going off of what I saw when he was a toy in a children's movie, it, it's hard for me to determine if Duke Kaboom could handle his alcohol. My my hopes would be that uh, I, I might say, since he's a professional stunt driver, I might say he maybe strays away from alcohol. Just because of his profession, he may not want to consume anything that could, uh, you know, make him do anything reckless, uh, especially mm-hmm. like in, in his garage. He probably has multiple motorcycles, multiple cars. Uh, I'm sure he's got a Segway or two, um, but I don't think he would uh, indulge in that kind of stuff just because he would be afraid of how it could uh, affect his career negatively. He probably also eats just very little. Just like barely eats anything. Just enough to survive. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think Charlotte Don't you think that would be a problem. Yeah, go I, ahead. Yeah, I think I think Charlotte would respect that though. If he said, like, you know what, I don't I don't drink alcohol just because of my profession. Um, you know, it's it's just something that I it's a it's a choice that I made a long time ago. I think that she would respect that, that he was open with her. And, you know, I mean, you can still have a good time without alcohol and and she would, you know, probably consume alcohol, which is fine. But I think, you know, Duke Boom, you know, he might just have a seltzer, seltzer on the rocks, maybe. I think Jonathan Harker is like, he knows what it's like to have a nice dinner. Um, he ate with Dracula. So we know he's like good dinner company. But like, don't you think Charlotte Field is probably still hanging out with like, politicians and wealthy aristocrats and she needs someone who knows how to handle themselves at a fancy dinner party so i would say yes and no because in the movie fred is not a fancy guy whatsoever and she like like that's something that attracts her like she's really attracted to that in him that he's like the anti-establishment he is these you know he's not this typical you know sit down fancy dinner kind of guy i mean some of the, mm-hmm. the the best times that they had in the movies when they were just walking around talking and uh taking in the sights so i also think though that um oh, what was i gonna say that uh she she would be um oh like in the movie uh which when she went to the boys to men concert you know at, the, at that fundraiser that function like she really really enjoyed that you know it wasn't um, you know, like a string quartet or anything along those mm-hmm. lines. It was it was something a little uh, less classy. I shouldn't say less classy, but just something a little less, um, you know, aristocratic. Formal. Uh, formal. That's the word. That's a good word for it. Formal. And uh, I think, yeah, I think that that is something in which Duke Kaboom would be, um, you know, attracted uh, for her to see. I mean, I think she would really like that about him. I think you're right. And I do think, like, Duke Kaboom's definitely, like, more a man of the people. But I do want to get out in front of this and say that in his letters to his fiance, Jonathan Harker definitely wrote stuff about like how the aristocracy was like a certain way. And it if you listen to them, he's he definitely comes off as like way more down to earth than like other like wealthy people would be. So I think he's like he built himself up as a man of like little means to the to the rich man he is today okay so i don't think he would be like too refined for charlotte i still think he has like some Some, down to earth some modesty side of him yeah Yeah. definitely 
Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, if he's if he's able to hold that back again and, conv- and not necessarily convince her, but just explain to her, you know, this is where I started from. This is where I am now. I think she would also respect that with Jonathan Harker because, I mean, it, it, we don't really know much about her her youth, but it seems like she definitely grew up in a modest area because she grew up with Seth Rogen, and Seth Rogen ended up yeah. being a down on his luck journalist that was bumming from jump job to job. He wasn't anything, you know, like uh, Bernstein or Woodward or anything. And I mean, she was able to work her way up to secretary of state, eventually becoming president. So I think she would actually, like you said, I think she would actually um, really appreciate that and respect that for Jonathan and admire that. Oh, absolutely. Do you want to move on to the, uh, the one-on-one date? Yes. Let's do um, the one-on-one date. So, okay, uh, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Okay. So, our one-on-one date uh-huh. would be mud wrestling. Okay. 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 So, Charlotte Field would definitely be down for this, right? Oh, absolutely. She wouldn't. She would not hesitate at all to get engaged in mud, in mud wrestling. So, I think Jonathan Harker would be like a little surprised, but he would get into it. And so in the movie, we do see him, like, break out of Dracula's castle after being, like, imprisoned. And then he, like, climbs down a wall and escapes, right? So he's definitely, like, athletic, strong. He has a strong will. Now, do I know if he would beat her? My money's on Charlotte, but I think he would put up a good fight. And more importantly, he would have fun. He, like, wouldn't be afraid to get dirty. Yeah, that's definitely an important... Uh, attribute that he's going to want to have there. He's going to want to be like, you know what, this this is the way it is. This is what I'm going to have to do um, in order in order to to try to win her heart. Do you think that he would give it his all, or do you think maybe he would hold back a little bit to try to, um, you know, let her win in the mud wrestling? I think he would. I think he would try. Like, I don't think he would go in from the get go like guns blazing, trying to like throw her to the ground but i think slowly he would ramp up once he realized that he was like being outmatched okay okay if, he doesn't want to yeah. he doesn't want to hurt her and plus she's got the secret service there so that's what i was just going to say like is the secret service going to be watching this the entire time and if they feel like something's going too far they would jump in to to try to protect her i think they would have to she's a national treasure i mean she served two terms so absolutely yeah, I would have voted for her for a third time if I could have. <laughs> um, so now they finally get one-on-one time. Duke Kaboom's not there, no. constantly cutting in. <laughs> I think he like starts to talk to her, tell her about his like troubled past. She is a little perturbed by him talking about vampires, but um, I think he also needs to admit that he was like drugged and found himself in an orgy with three other vampires um <laughs> that, sort of like a bit of a stain on that so, so that, that was something i wanted to bring up i mean he did the the, the brides of uh, dracula they did uh seduce him essentially and that could be something that he just says you know what i had no control over it it was you know i don't know what happened um you know i apologize i can't control it that's my past and I don't think I don't think Charlotte would care. I think he would have to own up to it, but I also think that's like part of his fun side, you know. 
Now, now Charlotte needs to be careful, though. Not necessarily be careful, but um, the uh, the the guy Andy Serkis's character, Parker Wembley, who was like the mm-hmm. media mogul. If he has any dirt on either Duke Kaboom or Jonathan Harker, because it seems like he just has this uh, this vendetta against uh, Charlotte Field, so he may like just release stuff about them all the time. And I definitely could see this being something the 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 three the Bride of Dracula uh, thing coming out. And if he gets ahead of it, I think that would be definitely better than she finding that out on social on social media or whatever. Yeah, definitely. I think at this point as well, Jonathan would start to write her letters, just like he does to his fiance in the movie. And what would these letters be telling her? Um, just like his his deep burning feelings for her. And you know what? He would be like, let's start a charity. He would want to like start a charity, perhaps for people who had been bitten by by vampires, you know, to to help get the word out that they're not all bad people, you know. <laughs> That even though they're outside the realm of God and are indebted to the devil, like there's still hope in them. I think. <laughs> <She's>, <clears throat> man, it se- it really seems like she's trying to run for a third term here, so that way she can get the the vampire vote. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Bella Swan should be on the next season, I guess. I, I think the next season will have to do that, and she was inspired by Charlotte's uh, actions and drive to really help the the vampire community. <clears throat> But I think what's like most important here is that she starts to see like the deeper side of Jonathan. Okay. And she gets the sense that like if she has to go to like a summit or she has to go to a meeting and leave Jonathan behind, their relationships can still blossom because Jonathan is not like ignorant of the the pains of a long distance relationship. Now the only thing I might say though, she would rather I think have a guy who stays with her. Because Seth Rogen was hip and hip with her when she was Secretary of State, and it seemed he was the same as as presidential candidate and as president. So I think she would rather have a guy who would stick close to her, which I think that would be a Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom would not leave her whatsoever. Yeah, let me let me look up a. Um, okay, so would you like to know what your one on one date with her is? Yes, a fake wedding. Okay, a fake wedding, which is also done uh, on the Bachelor uh, Bachelorette a lot, uh, just to see how they would react to it. So, uh, so Duke Kaboom, uh, he would probably, he definitely would not wear the stunt uniform. I think though he would have some incorporation of the Canadian flag because he uh, is very prideful in his country, which uh, you're you know, clearly allowed to do. So I think he would maybe have a red tie or he would wear uh, socks uh, that are very traditional with uh, weddings nowadays where like a guy wears like a Batman sock or Superman sock. So he might wear uh, the maple leaf, the Canadian maple leaf flag uh, socks on his feet to just kind of show honor to his country. And uh, he would look at her and I think he would kind, kind of go back to his feelings about Rajon and how much he loved Rajon and that um, sadness and um, de- depression that he felt when Rajon cast him aside, and he would look to her and he would basically he wouldn't bring up Rajon, but he would say, you know, I will never let you go. I will take care of you forever, and and especially really focusing on the for better or for worse, because when it came 
to uh, Duke Kaboom and Rajan, when it came to the four worse, where Duke Kaboom could not perform what he was advertised to do, Rajan just casted him aside. And mm-hmm. I think Duke Kaboom would really learn from that and, and look at Charlotte and say, like, I will not just cast you aside just because there's something about you that I find out that I don't like. And I think that that's where they would probably have their first kiss. I don't think Duke Kaboom would be the kind of guy who wants to kiss on the first night or tries to make out with her all the time. But I think that's where they would have their first kiss. And uh, she would. she's definitely used to guys having uh, facial hair with dating Seth Rogen's character. So mm-hmm. I don't think the big beard – he really doesn't have a big beard, but just his facial hair, uh, the handlebar mustache. Yeah. I don't think that's something that, you know, when she reflects about the kiss, she'd be like, oh, my God, it was so hairy. It was so disgusting. I hated it. That's something that she was used to. And I think that's something that she'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I really I really enjoy that. Now, I think that Duke Kaboom would be like really a PG kisser. Like it would just be like a short little smooch. Whereas like Jonathan Harker is a man of passion. He's just he's going in for it. Yeah. Okay. Like whereas like Duke Kaboom. It it would only be something you wouldn't be afraid of, like a child seeing, you know. <laughs> just, just quick, a quick little peck. All right, move on. If if that were the case, uh, you know, it might be something that he grows into. Just like we never saw him consume alcohol, we never saw him kiss anybody in the movie. So that's just completely open to interpretation. I suppose. It's almost like Duke Kaboom is like a thirty year old <laughs> child. <laughs> that's how some of the toys seem in Toy Story. So do you think in this situation, who is Rajan to Duke Kaboom? Is it like his ex-lover or like, is it like his father who abandoned him? Or is it like just a best friend he had who like really hurt him? Flesh out the real Duke Kaboom. I would say that it was a past lover. And and, um, I think it's somebody who who fell in love with Duke Kaboom. But they fell in love with him because of his profession it was somebody who liked the idea of being married to a stuntman you know Um, like a type of person who would just marry somebody because of their profession so i think it was someone who liked the limelight like the spotlight and uh when they found out you know maybe duke tried doing a jump and he failed and that person said you know what no i don't want to it's basically think of um Oh my gosh, Talladeg, uh Ricky Bobby, Ricky Bobby's wife. That would be that would be oh. Duke Kaboom's first wife, where she, you know, sees that like in the in Talladega Nights, she sees Ricky Bobby, he he's down on his luck, she leaves him to go to Cal. Um, and that would happen to Duke Kaboom. His wife would leave him because of you know, that he failed in, in trying to do his jump. And uh Duke Kaboom, he takes that and he learns that he needs to get someone who loves him for him, not because of what he can do. And I think that is Charlotte to a T because if you look at Seth Rogen's character as Fred in that movie, in all honesty, like Fred, he's a good writer. You know, that's what he's, he's known for. He's funny. Mm -hmm. He's a good writer, but I mean, that's, that's really it. And she doesn't fall in love with him because of his profession. She falls in love with him because of what's on the inside. And I think that that is what she would fall in love with Duke Kaboom. It's not because he's a Canadian stuntman. It's because of how he is on the inside. Do you think there would be any tension between them? Because Duke Kaboom is a symbol of Canada, and Charlotte Field is a living symbol of America. So 
I would say no, and I'm glad that you brought this up. And this could go on to what they would maybe talk about after they had their uh, their fake wedding. So uh, in the film, uh, she actually likes Canadians uh, because she uh, it was never confirmed that they dated, but she said that she liked to flirt with the prime minister of Canada, portrayed by Alexander Skarsgård in the film. So mm-hmm. she definitely has like towards the um the canadians and we could go outside the universe a little bit seth rogan is also canadian uh who she does fall in love with in the film and it seems like his character was comprised a lot of his own background because his character in the movie is jewish and he's jewish in real life so i feel like it would be a saint it would be safe to assume that he could also have some canadian background and she falls in love with him so i don't think that would be any point of contention um, especially like think of it, our current president, um, Melania Trump, she is from not a, she's not from the United States. I, I forget off the top of my head which country she's from. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think anybody sees that as a point of contention that, you know, our president married somebody who was not from the United States. Um, so and that's not the first time that happened. If I'm not mistaken, I believe um, Martin Van Buren or John Quincy Adams, one of those two. Um, they had a wife that was not from the United States. Yeah, I think it's a strong move to base part of my argument on the Trump administration. <laughs> so, like, I'll give you that point there, Steve. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that would be seen as um, contract of influence, or if it was like I don't know a country that we're not great with. You know, if it was maybe North Korea or Syria or Iran or mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe Russia or China or whatever i think maybe that might be some area of contention but you know canadians are our next door neighbor and um you know we have a good working relationship with them i believe and i think that it would be seen as an opportunity for unification even more um between the two countries yeah and my last question for you on this date Charlotte is like a very idealistic, passionate person. Yes. And we know she cares a lot about the environment. Yes. Do you think Duke would be able to connect with her on that level? I think so. And I'm going to kind of reserve, go back to the Toy Story 4 film and kind of maybe incorporate that into what a real-life Duke Kaboom would be. So in the film, Duke Kaboom lives in a antique store. And antique store is all about reusing, recycling, Um, you know, making sure things aren't just tossed away because somebody doesn't want them anymore. So we could maybe say that the real life Duke Kaboom, maybe uh, he used to work in an antique store or his family owned an antique store or he maybe he owns one himself. And he uh, is a true believer in, you know, taking something old and trying to make it into something new or one person's trash is another person's treasure. Mm -hmm. And I think that Charlotte, even though she's more uh, big scale, environmentalism you know she wants to help save the trees and make all these deals with other countries which is awesome um but that's you know that's kind of part of her job as secretary of state she's supposed to think worldly where duke kaboom is just a local canadian he thinks more um locally so Mm -hmm. i think she would still like that and respect that and then he would also have no problem doing that because that's kind of um his background to an extent well i would be a little worried for duke because as the film shows he's a little gullible like at the end of the film one of the toys is talking about like growing to gigantic proportions and shooting lasers out uh-huh, of its eyes right, and right, right. Duke, Duke buys into it so I'm afraid of what he would think about like 
global warming. <laughs> you think he, would, he wouldn't? He wouldn't think it's it's true, or he would? I think he would buy into a few conspiracy theories. Okay, and it would be a little troubling. No, I mean it, it could be possible that he may read something and and believe it right away. Uh, I don't want to say that just because you believe one thing doesn't mean that you're you know you're wrong or you're crazy or you believe in conspiracy theories, but it's important to um, get all the facts. And I think Duke Kaboom would be somebody who gets all the facts. And at first, he may just believe that, but I think he would be the type of person that's like, all right, well, let me let me look in into this a little more and mm-hmm. to see to see more about it. Now, a question I have for you because I really didn't get to ask you a question when you were on your date is would you be worried or should Charlotte be worried that Dracula would basically just be following uh, Jonathan this whole time? Because what if, like, you know, Dracula believed that Mina was the reincarnation of mm. um, Elisabetta. I think I'm saying that correctly. I'm not sure. if Dracula's, I hope wife, you are. Dracula's wife, I believe. Do you think that Dracula would, you know, see Jonathan Harker going after this this woman and be like, oh, my gosh, maybe that's the reincarnation. And like Dracula would just show up at their dates all the time unannounced because he thinks that Charlotte is, you know, this new form of his his old wife. So I think what you're doing here is like like suggesting a sequel. And it's like Dracula (laughs) 2, thicker than water, you know, (laughs) and. So this is like Dracula's son who also had like a wife who died. Um, I would say no. I, I don't think she would just assume that. You don't and think he even, would? Okay. Like, and even if she, she did feel that like she was being hunted by a vampire, which she, she's in the talks with Jonathan to start a charity to like change their image, okay. you know, yep, yep. to help them fit into society. I think that um, I think that Jonathan would like protect her. He has the resources. He's done it before. You know, I don't think he's afraid of having to uh, protect the life of the woman he loves. I think um, I think that's uh, a good point, and I think you're right that Jonathan would do whatever he had to do. Oh, definitely. So um, I do- think. Go ahead. I was just going to say, do you want to move on to, and we start, we can start to close out with uh, the hometown dates. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Do you want to do visiting her family first or visiting our family? So in the show, I believe, I'm trying to remember what they do first. I think they visit the contestants' homes first. So let's do that. Okay. So how about you start us off? Okay. So, uh, Duke Kaboom. So he's from Canada. So we never know exactly where he is from. So I would say that, um, he's going to take her, uh, back to, uh, Ontario and that he lives in, uh, one of the, one of the major areas there. And he's going to show her to, uh, his family, introduce her. And we'll say he has a mother uh, and a father. He has no kids uh, from his previous uh, relationship. But I think what he would do is um, to show her, you know, where he's from and to really uh, show, you know, what his um, uh, life is like. I think he would uh, just go for a motorcycle ride and he wouldn't be trying to do anything crazy. But I think he would just get her on the back of the motorcycle and and just go for a drive and just show her uh, all the places uh, that he you know he saw he experienced maybe his school that he went to as a little kid and 
uh, just just really give her a taste of what um, you know an everyday life for him is like uh, at home, and I think that's something that she would definitely eat up and enjoy because she is a thrill seeker and she's very spontaneous and she likes to do that kind of stuff and she you know I don't think she would want to go to like a fancy diner or excuse me a fancy dinner uh, at a restaurant um, but she would just want to be treated like a normal person like even though she was the president of the United States she was the secretary of state I don't think she would want the whole red carpet rolled out for her she mm-hmm. would just uh, want to be treated like an everyday person and I think uh his parents would would like her. I think they would, um, you know, appreciate that she likes Canadians because of her previous maybe uh, relationships with Canadians. And I'm sure as president, she had some some good dealings with uh, Canadians. And I, I think that they would be uh, welcoming her with open arms. Now, in the film, Duke Kaboom lives in the antique shop, which you've said. Yes. So do you think, like, to translate that into the real world maybe his family lives in like a retirement home uh yeah yeah we could we could say that they they live in a retirement home and, and he has like a very large family i was yeah i would say he has a large family and um yeah i mean i, I think uh he would be so proud to just introduce her to all of them and 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 his family would know what he went through with his previous relationship and I think at first they may be a little reserved uh, because they always have a point where the mother or the father talks with the, the, the bachelorette or whatever. And, you know, and they would say, like, listen, like, you know, if, if you, you, we can't have you break his heart again, if you really don't love him, like, please do not, you know, let him propose to you or anything along those lines, because we've seen what he went through. And mm-hmm. we don't want that to to have to happen again. So, you know, he real. It's clear that he has uh, affection for you, but just you know, keep that in the back of your mind that we don't want you to hurt him. Yeah, I think the I I can't really argue against any of this. I think like it would be a great like visit for her, um, and that uh, the only hang up would be like all the people at the retirement home, all the like caretakers would look like those creepy dolls from the movie. Like she would just keep getting spooked. Oh God. Yeah. She turns the corner, but I don't know if the secret service would let them get anywhere near her. It might just be the, 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 the family. Yeah. I think the Gabby Gabby doll would be like Duke Kaboom's like cousin or something. <laughs> She's probably just like a very like politically minded person who constantly wants to talk to Charlotte about some issue. Right. Exactly. And Duke's like, no, this isn't the time. And, and Charlotte's like, that's not my problem. It's the next it's the next administration's issue. They have to deal with that now. Um, so, so, so what do you think your hometown date would be then? Yeah. So I think Jonathan would take her back to back to England where he's from. And, like, where he lives in England is kind of, like, still very old world style, like, cobblestones. Um, you get very bad cell signal there. And <laughs> he doesn't really have any family to speak of besides... Um, Dracula <clears throat> showing up. No, Dracula's dead. No, I know. I know. Oh. I'm just saying, if he was showing oh, God, up... Who's, who's the doctor? Um, oh, Van Helsing. Okay. Okay. So he would have to introduce her to van helsing who's the closest person he has to family and van helsing is kind of like a bit of like a weird scientist and unfortunately i think van helsing would like bother her a lot about like his crazy beliefs 
Um, but I think as soon as, like, Jonathan would introduce her to be polite, but as soon as that was over, he would, like, take her out. They would, like, walk in his beautiful garden. They would walk along the, like, the waterways, and he would, like, take her in and get, like, some traditional British meals, like a uh, fried eel or fish and chips, something like that. Is fried eel a traditional English dish? Yeah, I do oh. think so. I've never, I've never been that way, so I, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and do you think she would be, uh, she would try it? Do you think she would, she would be okay, ta- uh, you know, trying a food like that? She, she's adventurous. Okay. I mean, Britain is known first and foremost for its delicious food, but um, even so, there's like so much more to do. Um, he can show her the local, like, insane asylum where his old boss is currently living. I think stuff that like would that. be terrifying. I mean, if they could just quickly walk by it. He has to be honest with her, Steve. I know, but I don't know, like, on a first date, like, not even on a first date, but, hey, I'm going to come take you to where I'm from, and I'm going to take you to the uh, uh, insane asylum where this uh, this guy is locked my up. Former my former employer. I mean, I don't know if 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 that's something you need to show her. I think that might that might scare her if anything. If if I know anything from my like 2 hours of research about the bachelorette, it's that <laughs> anyone with a past usually gets pretty far in the show. You that know, is, you want you want your person to have some some depth to them. Yes. Yeah, that is that is that is true. Now, usually they start talking at this point in the show, they would start talking about where they would live should they you know get together at the, at the at the finale now i don't know if charlotte would be one to want to leave the united states and i don't know if she'd want to live in a town where her bought her her lover's uh ex-employer is locked up not too far down the road i don't know if she would want to do you think that um jonathan would want to move to the united states well, I think this is a good way to transition into her hometown date. Yes, okay, because I agree. she doesn't have any family that we know of, but she does have her like uh, advisors, Maggie and Tom, who like pop up in the movie a lot. Which let me say, June Diane Raphael is a national treasure. She they, plays, they were both very good. Yeah, I, uh, I I think she's so funny, and she was fantastic in that role. So I think like. The argument you're making is what Maggie and Tom would be arguing. They would be like trying to like protect Charlotte and like say like we need to give Charlotte whatever she wants and we need to stay in America for her. Right. You know, they would like have her best interests in mind. And I'm sure that Charlotte would give us some alone time with them and they would like gang up on us. Now, no matter who um, Maggie and uh, what was the other advisor's name? Um uh Tom. Tom, thank you. Yeah, Tom. Uh I think no matter who they support or who they don't support, Charlotte wouldn't listen to them because they did not support Seth Rogan's character of Fred and she said, Screw it, I'm I'm going for him. I, I like him. So I don't though they are her advisors in terms of politics, I don't think that Charlotte really takes them as advisors when it comes to love. It's true. I think like if it was between us. I would probably like um, Jonathan would probably get their recommendation. Okay. Just because I think Duke Kaboom's closer to Seth Rogen's character. Yes. But like you said, I don't know if that would really bolster well, th- his position. 
option. Right. So I, I mean, I think that would actually be the best case scenario for me. If they are both recommending uh, Jonathan, then I think that's where Charlotte would say, no, if they're recommending Jonathan, they don't, they don't know my heart. I can't go for him. I have to go for Duke Kaboom. I don't think their recommendation would necessarily like drastically change her position, but um, I don't think I don't think it would hurt, and I'm not sure if it would help either. But I, I do think it's important that they don't hate him. I don't know. Maggie hated him. Fred's character, or mm. Fred, Seth Rogen's character. She she like despised him. Everything about him, like she was trying to fire him at any opportunity that she got, whether he were, you know, if, oh. he, if he quit, like she was like, yes, please go. Like, I will, I will tell her that you are not in, cause at first he said, I'm not interested in the job. And she, and she uh, said, Maggie said, all right, fine, cool. You're out then. We'll, we'll go find someone else. And Charlotte was like, no, 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 no. We let's, 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 you know, figure this out. Like I want you as a part of my team. So I don't know if that's really, um, you know, important. That's right a there good with, point with Maggie. Yeah. Well, Steve, I have a uh, one last part to go over. I think you should open your windows because it's about to get a little steamy in here. It's already. I've already shut my windows, and it's already steamy in here uh, because I didn't want any outdoor noise. I am. I'm sweating like a pig here, Austin. Well, it's you're about to sweat a little more. Oh boy, the overnight date. Oh boy, the overnight date when you're in the fantasy suite. Now, for those who don't know, I believe what happens is on The Bachelorette, they're given keys yes. where they can stay in like a suite together. Correct. There's like no cameras in there. No and cameras. who knows what happens. Exactly. Scrabble, um, Yahtzee, I don't know, some kind of fun game. And uh, <laughs> they're just allowed to be alone together. Yes. Now, we've already been over Jonathan Harker's history of fun times left alone with some ladies. We know that he is a man of passion, um, a smooth operator, some would say, but I'm a little worried about Duke Kaboom. Okay. I don't know if he's like really ever like done anything romantic, you know? So, so this is the interesting thing about the fantasy suite. So like you said, the fantasy suite, they could do whatever they want to do. They, and from my understanding, I believe that most contestants actually use that time as an opportunity to just chat with one another and really get to know each other. And I know there were, there has, especially uh, recently uh, there was um, a bachelorette and she uh, engaged in coitus uh, with the contestant and they made it known that they engaged in coitus and it was inside a windmill. And that was uh brought up frequently on the show that they uh they they did that and i don't think duke kaboom would be trying to do anything physical i honestly think that he would just want to talk with charlotte and just really get to know her and to get to understand what it is that she wants um you know what it is that she is as a person and i think he would really want to know whether or not this is someone that he can trust and if this is somebody who's going to break his heart and because mm. he doesn't want that to happen again. So, um, you know, after the overnight or after the overnight in the fantasy suite, usually that basically leads to uh, the proposal where each of the contestants would propose and uh, or one of them would propose. But before one could propose, she would say no. But I think that he would use that opportunity to be like, is, is this woman really 
in love with me because if she's not, I'm not going to embarrass myself and I'm not going to make myself heartbroken. And then I think at that point he would just, he would just leave. Mm-hmm. And, and that's happened before. Like they were like, you know what? We, we talked in the fantasy suite and we've realized that it wasn't for us and I'm not going to put myself through that heartbreak and I'm just going to leave now. So I don't think that I, I think he could be uh romantic, not maybe in a physical sense right now, but being open and honest and just trying to get to know her and for her to try to get where he's coming from, I think that would be the best thing for him to do. I don't think getting physical would be good for their relationship at all at that point. I do think that like Charlotte wouldn't be devastated for that to happen. Like I do think she would appreciate it, but she is also like a passionate woman as we, as the movie shows, she yes. does like, yes, she is very passionate when it comes to uh, engaging in lovemaking. And I, 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 it's, 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 it's curious if that is what she would want, you know, is, is that because it seems like when she was with Fred, she knew that she loved Fred and that's why mm-hmm. she was so passionate with their time alone. Whereas in this scenario, would she use that as a measure of how much she loves a guy? Would she say, all right, you know, me and Duke did this and me and Jonathan did this. I think this was better than that. So I'm going to love that guy more. Or I thought he was more passionate um, than that guy was. She she might, but I don't know if she would use that as a measurement. I think sh- she would, you know, really want to know about the person inst- before, yeah. you know, she commits to a serious relationship. Especially that now that she's getting over her divorce from uh, Fred. Right. I mean, I, I don't know the last time a president got divorced, if ever got divorced. So she may be the first president to get divorced. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think she what she's looking for is someone who she can support. Like she definitely wants someone who has their own thing going. But she also wants someone who like is willing to stand by her through thick and thin. Someone who who is up to date on uh, the news, what's happening in the world, someone who's like caring. Okay. So I think, I think that like, as you're saying, like this is an important time for her to like find out those qualities. Yeah. And if she, if she's not able to find out those qualities, then she'll end up, you know, getting with someone who she may not really want to be with. And then it would be a PR nightmare. And she would be, I think she would be embarrassed that she's putting herself out there a second time. And this is what ended up happening. Yeah, she's got to be really careful because she doesn't want to hurt her heart again. Exactly. Now, do you think that Jonathan Harker would propose at the end? Do you <sighs> think he would get down on one knee and say, marry me? I wanted you to marry I, me. Yeah, I I think he would. And it's up to the viewers to decide who uh, who she would say yes to. But I do think like, he would just have like a very like romantic night with her and they would talk and maybe play Scrabble. And <laughs> then like, I feel like you're bringing your own, uh, your own romantic life into this. That's what adults do, right? They just play Scrabble. They just play I don't Scrabble. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like he, like I said, he's a man who feels deeply, but doesn't make like a grand show of it. So I think like when he got down on one knee to propose to her, she would like feel the depth of his emotions in that like very small act for him to propose to her, even though that's like the thing they're supposed to do at the end of the show would probably still like bring a lot of emotion with it. Do you think regardless if either of us proposed to her, do you think 
she would ex- a accept the proposal, and if not accept the proposal, not say she doesn't want to be with them, but just say, I just want to take this a little slower. Which which route do you think she would she would go with more? Accepting an engagement or saying I still want to be with you, but I'm not ready to get engaged yet. I think well on the show, don't you have to get engaged? You don't have to. Oh yeah yeah um huh. It just adds for more exciting TV if there's an engagement. Because then that she, also leads to a possible breakup, which is also exciting. You know what? She gets married to Seth Rogen by the time she's president, right? So that that I wasn't too sure about because I noticed when they were showing them interviewed in the Oval Office in kind of like the um, the epilogue of the film, she was wearing a ring and it looked more of like an engagement ring, but I couldn't see if he was wearing a ring. So I took it as though they were engaged. Well, he said first first man, so I took it that they were married. Oh yeah, but either true. way, I still feel like that's pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, depends like, on how how soon into her first term was that. Yeah, I've been dating Anna for like two years, and we're not engaged. How long did you date Allie before you proposed? Uh, seven years. So, yeah, so I think yeah. she she uh, moves a lot quicker than you and I do. Yes, I think she does too. I do agree with that. And I think I think that Duke Kaboom, I think he would propose. I think he would get down and he would say he would see it as like this exciting when once he knows that she is the woman and that he could fully trust her, that he would see this as like a, the next thrill chapter in his life. And that's when he would mm. get down on one knee and and he would say, I love you. And not like Batman. <laughs> not, more like Duke Kaboom. But um He's doing a Batman impression. He's doing a Batman head. impression at that point. And and she's like, Is something wrong with your throat? And that could be. We could do a Christian Bale episode, maybe one day of the of the Bachelor, Bachelor. He's just looking around for a ricola. He's just looking around for what? I'm sorry. A, uh, like a lozenge. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's 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 tearing. You know. Yeah. And you know she would maybe she might say something like and just kind of like this might be like the cherry on top. She would say, you know, are you, like you're sure like you can marry me like like everything like I've been through, what comes with being a former president, like you're sure like this is something you, you, you can commit to. And that's when he would say, yes, I Canada. And uh, that's just the cherry on top for, for Duke Kaboom's character. You make a, a good argument there, Steve. <laughs> so, but like you said, Austin, fortunately uh, we, we don't really know who would win a season of the bachelorette with um, Charlotte field. But uh, fortunately, the viewer or the listeners can um, let us know what they would think of who they think would win uh, a season of The Bachelorette uh, between um, Duke Kaboom and Jonathan Harker and a series of uh, other Keanu Reeves characters. Um, now, I have a couple uh, fun facts at the end here uh, that I just kind of want to throw out there, only uh, mainly that I saw about Duke Kaboom. Um but um, so most people know or they might be able to infer that Duke Kaboom is based off of uh, Evil Knievel, the, the stuntman, the death-defying tricks. And there was actually a, an Evil Knievel toy that was made in like the 70s. And I think it had a very similar issue with it where it really wouldn't, you know, jump or get as much speed as, as it was advertised to. And um, that's kind of where they got the inspiration uh, for that. Now, the the directors, they reached out to Keanu Reeves, not expecting that he would um, be interested in it because they were listening to a whole bunch of different voices 
And one voice, they said, ooh, that's really good. Who was that? And they said, oh, it was Keanu Reeves. And they said, oh, my God, he'll never go for this. So they sat down with Keanu Reeves, and he was interested in it, but he wanted to give more depth to the character. So it seems that at first they just wanted him to be kind of like a slapstick comedy you know, buffoon, but Keanu Reeves was the one who really wanted to get into more of his psyche. So I think that's where you get Rajan and his backstory as to why he's so sad and defeated. And during the um, the talk that they had with Keanu Reeves, they did it in person. He jumped up on the table and started doing all these crazy poses. And that's where they were like, he's he's completely Duke Kaboom. He is that character. And they incorporated that uh, into it. So Duke Kaboom really is Keanu Reeves as a as a small toy, which is uh, which is pretty funny, I think. Oh, yeah. Why? I unfortunately don't have any trivia whatsoever. Oh, that's that is that is completely fine. And I mean, so I mean, like your yours, like we said, was a little older. It's almost thirty years old. Um, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. This movie came out actually, what's that? Like eight days after I was born, actually. Wow. So I definitely don't remember seeing that in theater. Um, but um, it yeah. is considered one of his worst acting uh, roles. Keanu Reeves. Uh, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think Francis Ford Coppola said he picked Keanu because he wanted like someone who's like young and handsome and popular. Okay. And Keanu later said that like he was just so tired from all the other roles he was doing back to back that he just didn't have any energy left for this film. Kind of phoned it in a little bit. Yeah, I think he does a great job. I love him. It was it, when you picked that. That was something I was not expecting. I was thinking more of like a Neo or a Johnny Utah. Or um, his character from Speed or something, but it was a it was a good choice though. I think it was uh, it was a good range of uh, diversity there in in Keanu Reeves' acting abilities. Oh, definitely. Uh, so Austin, so I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure to uh, to sit down and uh, to a talk to you about this because you know this is a great, funny, humorous topic, but also just to get to talk to you because I really haven't had an opportunity uh i shouldn't say had an opportunity but we just really haven't spoken verbally um and for a while so it's definitely something we'll have to make sure we don't let slip to the side again oh yeah i mean going at the rate we are now i'll see you in another 50 episodes <laughs> no i think i think uh i think you should definitely be back before that but um Austin, uh, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Um, are you anywhere on the socials that you'd like to say? Uh, is Do you have anything regarding, you know, where they could um, follow your ongoings with your career uh, or maybe where you, um, you know, give out information regarding projects that you've worked on or anything? Uh, I have an Instagram. It's AustinRB05, um, but that's about it. I usually will post uh, movies, short films, music videos, and like where you can find them and watch them as they come out. Um, what about you, Steve? Uh, well, I mean, you know, podcast. We have uh, our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter um, at Who Would Win Cash. You can find uh, that basically anywhere. Uh, one thing I'm not sure a lot of listeners may not know: if you don't follow us on Instagram, every Sunday before a new episode drops, I always post uh, a little tease as to what the next episode is going to be about. So if you'd like to get a little uh, head start on what the new episode is going to be about, please make sure you follow us on Instagram uh, where you can see that and you might be able to see if you can guess exactly what we're going to be talking about. So I always enjoy making those. I always have a fun time uh, trying to figure out a way to kind of give a hint as to what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. 
And where's the best place for me to cast my vote? Best place for you to cast your vote would be on Twitter. Now, I will. I, I did want to post this question to the audience, and I, I would really appreciate uh, any longtime listeners or any new, new listeners to give me your honest feedback. So I've been thinking lately that the Twitter polls uh, a lot of times are just people who are on Twitter, and they just see it, and they just vote, and they may not necessarily listen to the episode. Now, another negative thing, too, with the Twitter polls is that you only have seven days to have a live Twitter poll after that it's over. So part of me was thinking of uh, making uh, some kind of uh, a poll form where people could vote uh, for every episode that we have. Because if someone's a new listener, uh, they can't vote for an episode from you know three years ago the way that it's set up right now. And I don't necessarily think that's fair. Um, so I was thinking of making something like that. Uh, it will take a, a good amount of time um, which I don't mind doing, but I was curious if that is something that the listeners would be interested in, because if that's not something that they'd be interested in, I'm not sure if I'm going to take a lot of time to, to do something like that, if it's not going to be used. Um, but if there are listeners listening and they say, oh man, I wanted to vote in that episode, but it was from two years ago and I, and I can't now cause the poll is over. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely consider doing that. So as of now, Twitter is the best place to cash your, uh, your, your vote. But if that's something you're interested in uh, happening for the for the podcast, please uh, let me know. Message me, email me, uh, you know, wherever uh, you can contact us through the socials. Um, but I would definitely uh, do that if that's something that people would be interested in. So, so Twitter for now, and maybe something new in the future. So, um, like I said, Austin, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I hope to have you back soon. Glad to be back. Great. Thanks. You're welcome. And please remember, as always, to subscribe, follow, and rate. And please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Austin. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.